It's day three of spring training and we already have a second slightly concerning development about Jacob deGrom's health. Rob Manfred is talking about ending blackouts and several MLB insiders are calling Jacob deGrom signing the worst of the offseason. All that and more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked onto the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all four seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Before we get into the Jacob deGrom update, uh, a little bit about... Uh, some blackout issues, some Rangers interest in a potential free agent, and uh, a little bit more Rangers news. Very heavy show today. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, we got to start off with the most important thing. I introduced the DEFCROM rankings um, earlier this week. The uh, patented Locked On Rangers DEFCOM rankings based on the DEFCON system of emergency preparedness by the American military. Uh, we have an update courtesy of Evan Grant on Twitter. It's a very small update. I wish we would have had a little bit more than just this, but this is all we got. This is what Evan Grant tweeted uh, today, Friday morning. He said, quote, for your DeGrom panic watch, uh, it's actually DEFCOM watch, but good try, um, Grant said that he probably won't pitch tomorrow, meaning Saturday, maybe Sunday or Monday, end quote. That, that's it. That is that is all we got on this Def Grom ranking. I'm officially, it's not enough to go on. It's not enough to change how I feel. I am still squarely at Def Grom 4. Mildly concerned. Just, it it's... It's the double take above normal readiness is is what that DEFCON uh, ranking it is it is close to. But I'm I'm, I'm verging on DEFCROM three, which is uh, entitled Roundhouse or Air Force is ready to mobilize within 15 minutes. I'm not quite there yet because this this seems like something that's definitely um, related to an oblique. And I looked at MLB's website; they talked about uh, the oblique muscle. This was the injury that kept John Gray out for 42 days last season put him on the IL for that many days. On MLB's website, it says, um, typical re- recovery time, while some mild oblique strains can be resolved in just a few days, severe strains can require surgery with a recovery time of three to four months. In 2017, former Dodgers athletic trainer Stan Conte of Conte Injury at Analytics teamed up with a hospital sur- special surgery in New York City in Major League Baseball to further examine the impact on oblique strains on MLB players using MLB's health and injury tracking system. Uh, the study ultimately revealed that hitters typically take 27 days to recover from a grade one strain, while pitchers typically take as many as 35 days. So, what are we looking at? Well, at this point, um, it's if we say 42 days, that'll give DeGrom, uh, this happened on, uh, I believe it was Wednesday that we got this news. So right now there's 42 days. So I believe that would give him, 
if he was if it took him the full 42 days to recover from this if it is indeed an oblique strain and it was one about as bad as uh, John Gray's or exactly as bad as John Gray's it took him 42 days to recover and get back uh, to Major League Baseball uh, then that would still put him three days ahead of opening day so maybe he could still make his opening day start if we talk if we're looking at the typical 35 days to recover that gives him uh, about 10 days before opening day to be ready to get back on the hill. And if it's one of those mild strains, then it's just going to be a couple of days. Uh, I, I have no source for Evan Grant's tweet. He provided no. Uh, we talked to DeGrom. We talked to Bochi. We talked to the trainers. It's just, that's it. That's all we got. And it, it was just Evan that tweeted this. No Kennedy Landry, who was out there. No Jeff Wilson, who was out there. No uh, <laughs> Levi Weaver. N- none of those people tweeted this out. So I, I'm starting to think, like, what... What are we going here, Evan? I need I need a little bit more to update my uh, my panic meter, my DEFCOM rankings, uh, than just uh, probably not going to pitch tomorrow and maybe Sunday or Monday. They're, we're supposed to get more of a in depth update today. They're going to reevaluate him uh, today on Friday, but I guess this is all we're getting for now. Or uh, more likely, they're going to reveal something more. Uh, after I've already started my work shift and am unable to record a podcast. So this this is what we got for now. If there is some big, big update tomorrow, then I will definitely have an emergency podcast on that. But th- this is where we are with the Def Grom rankings. And uh, I feel like that's that's about fitting of where we want to be. We do have some more Rangers news that is uh, more more fun and less less sad. The Rangers are do have some interest in Robbie Grossman. This is according to... Uh, Buster only of ESPN. He said four hours ago, so um, around sometime Friday morning, he said per industry sources, Robbie Grossman has had talks about a deal with or W the Rangers. So with the Rangers. Um, but this is a guy who I looked at a little bit when I was doing my in, in-depth left field out, outfield um, potential free agent rankings, and especially when I was looking at all right, who's left. And Grossman is one of the better left fielders that are still on the market. He is a guy who has played most recently with Atlanta, spent a decent amount of his time in Houston. He is a native Texan, went to Cy Fair High School in Cypress, Texas, which is just outside of Houston. A switch hitter who throws lefty corner outfielder, um, six foot, 209 pounds. He is 33 years old, won't turn 34 until the end of this season. Coming off a not super great season, split between Detroit and Atlanta, started his career in Houston, then went to Minnesota for a few years, Oakland for a few years, Detroit for a few years, and then half a season with Atlanta. And He's had a few years that were pretty good recently in 2020 with Oakland in that shortened season, 826 OPS, which was just shy of his uh, career high, which he set in Minnesota at 828. But he's a guy who plays really good defense uh, in the corner outfield, a switch hitter who gets on base at a pretty good clip for his career. He has a 346 on base percentage in 1,011 games over his 10-year career. So, but not a lot of power. That is the main thing that is missing from his game. He's had only one season where he slugged over 450, and that was the shortened 2020 season. Just not a lot—a guy who hits for a lot of power, a career slugging percentage of 377. So I'm not really seeing what the interest is there. The Rangers have some options in left field, but it, it feels like this is a slightly worse version of— a slightly older version, I should say, of of Josh Smith. I really like Josh Smith's skill set, but 
Robbie Grossman seems pretty comparable, except Robbie Grossman can't play shortstop as well. So I don't really see a lot of the value there. Obviously, I think it's going to be a battle between Josh Smith, Ezekiel Duran, and Bubba Thompson, and maybe a little bit of Brad Miller in there. But I don't know that the Rangers need a guy. If if you're going to go get an upgrade in left field, then go get an actual upgrade. I mean, go get Jerickson Profar. I mean, he's one of the few that I think, all right, yeah, there's really some some juice left there that is is worth exploring. But I, I don't get this Robbie Grossman interest. I think it's fine, but I don't think it's that big of an upgrade over what the Rangers have um, in terms of those three young guys and also Brad Miller in left field. Coming up, we're going to look a little bit at Nathan Vivaldi, why he won't be in the World Baseball Classic, a little bit about Rob Manfred, talking about the blackout situation, and an update, a sad update about the Rangers' uniform situation. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, and you've got to try yourself a Bilt Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I, I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. If you're like me and you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise on taste, then man, I have got just the thing for you. You have got to try yourself some Bilt Bars. With Bilt Healthy, is actually tasty. Seriously, they are so delicious, you won't even think they're good for you. If you're going on a road trip, if you're going to spring training, um, or just, you know, it's spring break is coming up, and you want to pack something in your car that will be... A healthy treat for you so you don't just buy yourself a bunch of junk at the gas station then go get yourself some built bars and we've talked all all this time for so many years about how you can go get built bars at built.com and how you can still do that but if you don't want to wait on the shipping for them to get to your house you can go pick yourself up a box at your local walmart or your local sam's club so go get yourself a box of built bars try one today you will thank me later go get yourself some built bars now, let's take a look at what Rob Manfred said. He has been talking a little bit in spring training. He does his weekly press conferences. One, I believe he does in Arizona, and then one at the Grapefruit League in Florida. And he had some really interesting things to say in the Florida uh, part of his talk. There has been an update with the Bally Sports potential bankruptcy. Uh, Diamond Sports Group, which is the parent company of Bally Sports uh their networks, they skipped out on a payment of $140 million um, in interest payments that was due on Wednesday. And according to the AP, that is starting a 30-day grace period that could be the prelude to a bankruptcy filing, which it seems like in all likelihood that is where this route is going to go. Um, but Manfred was was not worried about this. He talked, uh, I believe, on Tuesday uh, maybe it was Wednesday, about how they're they're monitoring, obviously, very closely the Bally Sports situation. They just hired a director of regional sports networks to kind of, it seems like, handle this whole fallout that was clearly eminent for, from the last few months of Bally Sports being an absolute mess. Well, uh, maybe a little bit more than that, but still. Rob Manfred said that there, there, some teams might lose out on revenue, but fans aren't going to miss out on being able to see games. If Bally Sports is unable to step in and actually broadcast the games, Rob Manfred said that MLB TV is fully capable of stepping in and handling those broadcast rights. And that would that would be a, a big, big deal because Bally Sports, those regional sports networks, they have the exclusive rights to their broadcasting area. So if, if this goes under, then... Um, uh, you could you could see the end of blackouts. This is a quote from Manfred uh, on Thursday. He said, quote, I hope we get to the point where on the digital side, when you go to MLB.tv, you can buy whatever the heck you want, right? I think that what has happened among ownership is that they've realized that 
as we go more digital, there's an opportunity for us to become a more national product so that people aren't so wedded to their individual local markets, end quote. And I, I think that's a really, really great idea. I know that there are a lot of blackout restrictions in other places. Thankfully, if you are in the Dallas area, there's there's really only two teams that are blacked out. It's just the Rangers and the Astros. And if you can't get a Bally Sports cable package, which is a very, very increasingly difficult thing to do. I did an episode uh, about a week, maybe two weeks ago. I don't remember about the whole Bally situation, how difficult it was to find a cable package that included all of that in there. Um, and even me in my package, I can't see. Um, I know my parents have direct TV, so they did have the AT&T Sportsnet. So if I wanted to watch an Astros game for whatever reason, I could on my current network with a you know, premium sports package with Spectrum, I still, at least that I have found, I have not found um, having that AT&T Sportsnet. So if some team that I wanted to watch on the West Coast or whatever, some late night game is playing a game against the Astros, then I just can't watch that. And I can't watch any games of the Astros. Not that I would want to watch a whole lot unless they are playing against the Rangers and it is being broadcast locally on Bally Sports Southwest. So one of the things that he, he talked about is is people not being as wedded to their individual local markets, being able to watch more different teams. And that is more of an issue with people in kind of the Midwest area. And I think the Northeast places where there are a whole lot more teams and some just random places where a lot of teams are blacked out. I think in, in the kind of Montana, South Dakota, that kind of region, I think there are like several teams that are blacked out, even though there's no MLB team within miles and miles and miles of them, which kind of, really makes me scratch my head but if you're in a place like say just outside of chicago or like just north of st louis that kind of general era there are so many teams right there that for those of us who live in texas don't have the best grab graph of grasp of geography like myself honestly i didn't realize how many teams were all so close there i didn't realize how close chicago and st louis really were i mean there's two chicago teams there is um kansas city there is uh St. Louis there. So that's four teams all right there. And um, not to mention whatever they want to black out from Ohio, which is not all that far actually from, from right there. I still don't have a great grasp of, of how close those things are together because everything in Texas is so spread out. And I, I don't know about you, but I haven't spent a whole lot of time driving around the Midwest and gauging various distances between random cities that I've never been to. So um, it's, it's a little, it's a little difficult, and it's, it's the same thing with um, all the other different sports packages, whether it's NBA or um, not as much NHL, because I mean, there's really just the Dallas Stars here, and no, no one else super close. Um, maybe we'll see a little bit of that with um, the MLS deal that is coming through. That's going to be a little bit different. But one of the things that I do like about Major League Baseball, despite all of these blackout issues, is that MLB TV is of all of these products, I think the best run product. It is much better uh, than the NBA's League Pass. I think it's a lot better than ESPN's uh, ESPN Plus with hockey. Like there's just kind of random games, and you'll decide kind of which games you want, and uh, maybe it's included, maybe it's not, and. Um, a Sunday ticket for NFL is super, super expensive and it's, it's a good product. And, but I, I think just the expensive nature of it, but how inexpensive MLB TV is, how easy it is and how many options you have. I really, really love that about MLB, MLB TV. And if they could end the blackouts, I think it would be 
by far the best streaming product for any of the major sports leagues. And I'm very, very much looking forward to that. And with Rob Manfred looking ahead to the future and trying to grow the sport, there is something else that I want to talk about um, in terms of ticket prices and young people being interested in baseball, which is a sport that um, definitely needs the interest of young people. We'll get into all of that and more. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay as well. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, this next story was not something that I initially planned on talking about today, and then I started seeing it kicked around my little Twitter sphere and someone sharing it in a group chat. And this is something from Ethan Strauss. Um, he is at Sherwood Strauss on Twitter and has his own Substack. This is uh, behind his paywall, but it's it's a really good, um, really good Substack. He's a, one of the better reporters, honestly, in the country. He used to work for the Athletic and the ESPN, covering. Um, the ESPN, just ESPN covering the Warriors in during their uh, dynasty title runs um, until the most recent one where he has gone independent to look at stuff um, in more of a a bigger picture of sports. So anyway, this is something that he shared on Twitter to promote his latest newsletter um, is kind of a, a quote from it. It's about the youth movement. Uh, and he says, the biggest story in sports might simply be a contagious kind of apathy. It's a quiet threat, but one that's building, specifically among the young. While the danger to sports leagues might not yet qualify as existential, the results could eventually be cataclysmic to these established institutions. A morning consult article titled, quote, Gen Z keeps sports executives up at night. Um, here's what they are doing about it, end quote depicts an industry on edge. It's not a front and center issue to the average customer, but youth flight might be the number one focus of sports executives. Gen Z did not warm up to sports as previous generations did. And those younger than Z, uh, Gen Z, are even more sports apathetic. Gen Zers, according to the survey, are, quote, half as likely as millennials to watch live sports regularly as twice and twice as likely to never watch, end quote. This trend appears to be only accelerating. According to a Sports Business Journal survey, it suggests that only 15% of Generation Alpha, which I believe is the generation younger than Gen Z, so like uh, 18, 16 and below, uh, the incoming cohort of teens, enjoy watching sports. So 15% of Generation Alpha. That is a big 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 deal especially for people like me who have a podcast on youtube maybe maybe i'm doing doing the most to reach all all of you teens um and youths out there and also um keeping in touch with the olds as i am increasingly becoming one of the olds but this is something that i think is a a huge huge issue in sports and i think a lot of it has to do with with people not wanting there's so much attention being fought for um for these kids i mean 
sports are no longer competing with other sports for kids' attention and adults' attention. There are so many different things to watch when you get home. I mean, there's all these streaming services. There are um, movies to go to, concerts to go to, uh, video games to do. Like, there are just so many other things to do than there were back in the day when it was like, okay, let's go to our local sports team and go watch a game. Also, another thing that I think is very, very important factor in this is how expensive it has gotten to go to a game prices to go to uh mavs games and stars games and uh even rangers games now which baseball should always be very accessible especially for a team that's not good i mean i know the rangers have a new stadium and it's nice it's fine it's great but i've only been to one game at globe wide field and i am clearly a diehard rangers fan i devoted my entire life to uh, caring about sports and talking about them professionally. Obviously, me going is maybe maybe more about uh, I don't want to go and do more work when I get off of work, but I still do love watching Rangers games and, and going out there, and it's a lot of fun. And it's a lot more fun to go to minor league games, and I think one of the biggest unanticipated problems about um, about cutting all of those minor league teams is making it harder for kids to go to sports games, making it harder for people to, um, to actually go in and look up, go to an actual game, because that is where the thrill of the game comes from. You can watch it on TV all day long. And there are some really great TV broadcasters out there, but I mean, there's just nothing like going to an actual game. I mean, one of the best experiences, if I am taking my friends to go to a night out or, uh, you know, taking a girl on a night out i'm not going to go to a rangers game i'm going to go to a to a frisco rough riders game and we're really really lucky that they are pretty close to us in dallas to have this game to have these prospects that i mean thankfully you might know about even if you don't know about prospects even if you don't care about prospects minor league baseball game is a hoot and a half it is a great time I mean, i'm looking at tickets for opening day for the frisco rough riders you can find some in the outfield at 10 bucks a piece. I've seen them at uh, 15 bucks with some some pretty good seats and that's something that you can actually take a family afford to. Now, me being a single person who doesn't have a wife and kids to go take out to, it's a little bit easier for me to go and find tickets to a game, but even then I'm still not spending a whole lot of money on it and I'm trying to find game- tickets for the Rangers opening day and well, it's just, it's straight up difficult. I mean, I went on to the Rangers site and, you know, clicked on the tickets and I, I thought it would be that easy. It's really not that easy to go and find tickets. There are so many secondary markets that have all kinds of different ranges of prices and all kinds of different fees where you see, okay, well, um, right now I'm looking at this site. I don't want to name their name um, because they didn't pay us for advertising. And also I'm about to drag them a little bit, um, <laughs> but uh, I'm seeing the cheapest seats I can find for opening day for the Rangers playing the Phillies on Thursday, March 30th is 97 bucks a piece. That is on the upper is up, upper decks uh, behind home plate. Still decent seats, but it's $97 a piece. And if I had a family of four, that's, that's 400 bucks just to get tickets, not including parking, not including um, all the concessions that are ridiculously expensive as well. Like that is, that is not reasonable. That is not reasonable at all. And there's only, well, let's see, uh, three tickets, one to three tickets available there. So if I had a family of four, I couldn't do that. So the cheapest one with a grouping of four is $101 a piece. Like this is, this is not something that is really sustainable. Like that is not something that people can go to. Granted, if you wait a little bit, it is a lot more affordable. April 1st, which I believe is that Sunday game is 
28 bucks um, where you can find tickets there. Um, actually, no, no, that's the Saturday game at three o'clock. You can find tickets for uh, 28 bucks and then 17 a little bit later. And that's, that's fine. But I'm assuming these prices, if the Rangers start getting good, are going to go up a whole, whole lot. We saw how expensive it was to get tickets to the potential Aaron Judge game. That was one of the few times they've been able to raise those prices really, really high. Um, and we are seeing some Gosh, if you want to go, if you want to go against the Royals um, or the Orioles, you can get wow. How are the Orioles tickets are less expensive than um, going to to see the Royals? The Orioles are actually being pretty good. Um, there's some tickets for ten bucks there. But as a general rule, and I'm expecting if the Rangers do well, these ticket prices you will not see a lot of them for ten, twelve bucks for very long. Especially if Jacob Degrom is on the hill, those tickets are going to be very, very expensive. But I mean, it's just difficult to get out to Arlington. I wish it's a whole other conversation about public transport. It is easier to get to the American Airlines Center if you live in the Dallas uh, area or Dallas suburbs. It is um, much easier to just go get all the dart and, and go there as opposed to having to pay for parking and, and deal with all that nonsense. But I think this is a really, really big problem with sports as a whole that I don't think executives are really thinking enough about. I'm hoping that this little Strauss letter saying that uh, sports executives are really, really worried about it. Maybe they are. And I think that decreasing prices of tickets for these games, like especially Mavs games, I think are a lot worse, obviously. Um, but keeping baseball prices, if you can keep getting tickets in the 10 to $12 range, um, maybe even less sometimes for a Rangers game. That is definitely something that is affordable. That is something that a family of four could go out and take their kids to go see a Rangers game. And, you know, granted it'd be a little annoying to get out to Arlington sometimes, but it's, it's, it's not that much of a pain in the butt, whether you're in Dallas or Fort Worth, which I think is a pretty nice thing that they do, making this available for the whole Metroplex. And obviously it's significantly less than going to a Cowboys game, which don't even get me started about how expensive Cowboys game tickets are. I'm a lifelong Cowboys fan who has been to one Cowboys game in my entire life because that's just how insanely expensive they were. And we happen to get a really great deal on ticket prices. But I think this is something that sports executives really need to think about. Just the average fan, if you're talking about growing the game, baseball is a game with a... A generally skewed older fandom as a millennial who is a fan of baseball, in the, we're in the minor, minority, is not a game that is growing. And I think this is something that you could do to help grow the game as NBA and NHL and NFL games get more expensive and maybe even MLS games. I don't know. I haven't really looked at prices there. Um, but if you can keep your prices low, I think that's one of the things that as a person who enjoys the WNBA, I think that is a good barrier for entry of having low prices of tickets to your games to go see your product, to go enjoy it and get invested in. I think that is something that is really, really important that is not getting enough attention from these owners who, as we saw in the lockout, are, are pretty short-sighted when it comes to uh, making money now versus making money and being generally better for the sport over the long term. Now, there is one bit of news that I kind of did bury the lead here. Maybe the most important news that came out today um, about the Rangers. I said I was going to talk about the athletic survey, and I think I've used up all my ranting space for um, talking about young people not being able to buy tickets to games. We'll, we'll get to that survey a little bit later. Um, but the Rangers will not have red uniforms this year. This news comes to us from Levi Weaver. Uh, MLB has a new rule where you could only have four jerseys, which, why? 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 Who decided that was a rule that needed to be a thing? Oh, there's there's too many jerseys out there. There's too much fun, too many different interesting jerseys. Who, who cares? Who gives a crap? Why is there a limit on the number of jerseys that are happening? But the Rangers will only have four. They will have two home. One will be the traditional... 
white um, with the red ball cap that I believe will still be used. Um, I, I think they can alternate between the, the red and the blue hat, but the white uniform, white home uniforms that they wore for opening day last year are the only ones that they're going to be able to wear um, at home, as well as the powder blue uniforms that they wore on Sundays. So it used to be whites on Saturdays at home and, um, well, other days randomly, and then the reds were for Fridays and Sundays were the powder blues. And I, I love the powder blues. I think they're great. Um, but I just don't see why uh, they can only have two home uniforms and two road uniforms. The road uniforms are just the same with the stupid gray jersey that it's been the same thing since forever. Since as long as I've been watching, it's been the exact same road grays and road blues. The road blues are completely superior and the road grays that everyone has road grays. They're so boring. There's not a single road gray uniform that I've seen that I like. The closest is the Dodgers just because they have the blue script and the red numbering, which I think is just a really cool look, but they also have that on their home whites and it looks way better than the stupid grays. Grays are boring. Stop having gray jerseys. They are so boring and so dumb. This makes me so incredibly irritated. Like, it's such a small thing, but it just really pisses me off because there's no reason that Major League Baseball needed to do this. It's another instance of Major League Baseball not knowing what what their fans want and just shooting themselves in the foot for absolutely no reason at all. Sorry to end your Friday on a crappy note, but this just bothered me to all heck, and uh, I had to get my rant out on it somewhere, and, well... If you can't rant on a podcast, on your own podcast, then you can't really rant anywhere. But that is going to do it for today's issue, edition of Locked on Ranger. We'll be back on Monday, maybe doing a mailbag. We'll we'll see what's happening over the weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, spring training week number one is in the books, and we are back to five days a week. Thank you all so much for making Locked on Ranger your first listen every single day. For your second listen, make it Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. On today's show, on his Friday show, he went in depth on the Rangers farm system. Some really good stuff and analysis from him there, so go check out that episode. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing and handling my ranting, and until next time. Don't forget to enjoy baseball.